Welcome to the Meditation Conversation. You are listening to Karan Alessandra. Welcome everybody. Today we are glad to welcome Lily Kessler to the podcast. She is a yoga teacher and studio owner of Blooming Life Yoga. And she's also an author. She is here with us to share her interesting journey with yoga. Yes, and welcome everybody. This is Kara. And um, I'd also like to welcome Lily. And it's such an honor to have you here today. Um, I actually know Lily because I teach meditation in her yoga studio. And after, you know, we've known each other now for a few months. And just, it seems like every time... um, I talk to you or I listen to you, I learn some really interesting new facet of your life, of your story. And so I thought, you know, I find you so interesting and I imagine many listeners will resonate with your story and your journey. Um, what I love about Blooming Life, the yoga studio that you own, is the community that you've built and every yoga studio, of course, has its own kind of voice. And what I find so interesting is as soon as you walk into your studio, there's this energy there of spirit, spirituality that, you know, it's this nourish. And I think even um, maybe your tagline or it's on your website, but nourish your soul is part of, am I remember? Be nourished. Yeah. And that is such a true sense of the feeling that you get, which is not always so important in the West with yoga studios, funnily enough, because in the origins that was, I mean, yoga, yoga means union. It's, it's a tool to help unite the soul with the, you know, universe and that universality. Mm -hmm. And so I was very interested to hear, um, because I'm taking a class of yours and I, um, in that class, you mentioned how, when you first you know, yoga started for you as a very like body focused mm-hmm. practice, and but it, it seems to have just exploded in a, a different direction. <laughs> you know, I mean, of course, there's still the body element in there, but um, so I would just love to hear your story. So, would you mind taking us through your journey? It's a pleasure to be here and be speaking with you, ladies. Yes, um, yeah. So I, my first yoga experience was when I was 18 years old, and um, I took a one-credit yoga class at college because I heard it was easy. And so I showed up in my like um, long broom skirt and combat <laughs> boots, and the teacher said, "You know, um, you might need to take your shoes off." And I just thought yoga was no, this is not for me. This is not for me. And I, I fought it my entire semester. But what was, what was interesting was um, I did um, fall in love with certain songs that our teacher sang to us, and those are still with me, and I sing them before all of um, my classes or after my classes. Are they Sanskrit mm-hmm. songs? They are not. Um, it is uh, the River She Is Flowing song, and maybe I can <laughs> sing that for you later. But there was oh. something, um, like a seed was planted, a bija was planted in me. And I wasn't um, discovered for another five years um, when my boyfriend at the time gave me a gift certificate to yoga. And, I, you know, to be perfectly honest, I was disappointed because we didn't have any money. And I'm like, of all the things, why couldn't we have like gone out for, you know, <laughs> on the yeah. town or something? Right. And so 
I, I showed up to yoga. Mm-hmm. And my first day at class um, was, you know, it's just so ingrained in me, this beautiful sunlit room with this particular smell. And I saw these two women walk in the door and they gave each other this long lost hug and they breathed with each other. And then they pulled apart and they were holding each other's forearms and they were looking into each other's eyes and they said, no, what's your name again? And there was something that just cracked open in me because I have always been a spiritual seeker in my life. And there was such vulnerability and such openness that these two perceived um, strangers, which I thought were deep friends, they they shared something that I longed for. And I wanted to know what that was about. And so I entered the yoga journey um, pretty much uh, wholehearted, but in um, in different manners, especially I was definitely um, asana based because I enjoyed what was opening up in my body. Mm-hmm. Also at the time I was, um, you know, kind of hand in hand curious of hot yoga or super vinyasa classes to be like, okay, I'm going to burn 750 calories, all of that, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, is, so which showed to me that there are uh, so many different ways to enter yoga. You know, it goes back to like um, paths are many, truth is one. Mm-hmm. And there are ample ways to unfold and to see more aspects of yourself. That's so beautiful when you talk about that hugging, because I've seen that reflected in my experience in your studio, Mm -hmm. where I'm shocked when I hear people who are having this beautiful discussion, you know, after class or before class, and then they either ask me after the person leaves what that person's name was, or, you know, they're like, and and you were Kristen? Or, you know, and... (laughs) And I think because I feel that that they have that connection too. So you've kind of been able to bring that into your studio, which is really beautiful. Yeah. So how did it actually continue after that? Was it did you enroll for a teacher program immediately, or did you go searching somewhere else? Um, there was there was aspects of this particular shala that I was a part of um, that uh, opened curiosity. I wanted to learn the Sanskrit. I wanted to learn the the mantras. I wanted to um, understand the poses. I was starting to fall in love that my body was gaining more and more uh, physical strength. And um, there were there were at, there were times where I would come to class and I would try something new, which shook me out of my comfort zone, like um, handstand against a wall or even crow or, you know, these different things where I thought when I woke up this morning, I didn't know I could do that. And so I translated that internal feeling off the mat into different conversations, into um, standing firm with grace and what I um, wanted to call in into my life. I don't think I answered your question. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you told a beautiful story. No, um, I'm sorry. Can, can you say your question one more time? Well, the question was, you said you you were diving deep mm-hmm. into yoga. So just, we talked a bit before. So I know you have a very interesting yes. story with yoga and how you were searching for the truth. So please take us on a journey. Yeah, so um, I, I, I entered... Um, I entered my initial yoga teacher training at the same studio that I fell in love with yoga at. This is in in Alexandria, Virginia. The studio at the time uh, was called Pure Prana. And, um, And so I... 
I was immersed in the like this very cosmopolitan area where we had lots of different guest teachers and different experiences. And I wanted to learn more and more about um, these practices from the root itself. And so I started to um, make pilgrimages to India. And I wanted to uh, uh, experience what the ashrams were like. I wanted to experience... Um, uh, chanting in in these rooms uh, filled with like diverse populations, and um, I, I wanted to have that experience for myself. And so it was a very external journey at the same time that it was so deeply personal. But um, at that time, I wasn't trusting myself to be my own teacher. I um, in this and through these experiences, I've started. I honed my intuition, and I think we always are honing our intuition, or which is another term in my perspective of alignment of self and source and um, interconnection with all. But I put myself in situations where, um, in hindsight, they were cultish. Um, okay, and this was in India. This was um, in India, and also in the United States. Um, and there was um, some very beautiful mystical experiences where I got so wrapped up in the experience itself, I was not paying attention to the warning signs that my heart was giving. And so I put myself in situations where um, I, like the worst, uh, the worst time or the most um, enlightening time for me was I had to physically um, fight a, a very high-profile teacher off me. He was going to rape me. And it was um, so, I felt so grounded and empowered in that, in that situation. And everything just kind of like stacked into place, locked into place. Like I am my own guru. I will not be looking outside of myself for my own truth. I will find inspirations and I will honor inspirations and I will honor all of these experiences to be like um, kind of equanimity. They're not good. They are not bad. It, they they happened, mm -hmm. and to rise above the story and to learn the lesson, that is what really um, grounded me in my in my yoga practice. And even with all of my students that come to me now, I've even had some folks be like, "You're my guru." No, I'm not. Mm -hmm. I, I I actually reject that. Mm -hmm. I um I am a I am on a journey at the same time with you, learning and refining with you. And let me show you how you can empower yourself and gain your own, um, it's embodiment practices mm -hmm. to remind you of who you are ultimately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's, that's so beautiful. Yeah, thank you for sharing that and being yeah. vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm just, I'm sorry. Thinking, well, while we're at that, because yeah. I think it is an important part of the spiritual path. I know there is so much blooming nowadays on social media. Mm -hmm. There are festivals, people, and it's very hard to distinguish what is true and like what is good for you, what is not. As you said, it's very easy to get caught up in the experience, especially if you're vulnerable and we are looking for mm -hmm. something. So for those listening, searching for something, is there something from your experiences like, what would you give them as an advice or like warning signs? Like, yeah. you know, where, what where? did you learn from that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first off, I would say, you know, try everything on, try it all on, you know, like um, from the external to the internal. So you just see what, what jives with you, what you can hang on to and not hang on to. That's not a good word for it. See what lands in you. And also something that may serve you now, um, 
know that it will shift and transform and be careful with what your beliefs are because beliefs can be very limiting. There's a difference between belief and faith. Faith feels kind of like, um, from my, from my own uh, experience, it feels like a free fall. There's something to be had in this creative soup that I'm in. I don't know where I'm going to land, um, I, but, I'm, but I'm curious and I'm heart-led rather than being led by the mind. Um, I would look out for any teacher that calls themselves a guru. I agree with yeah. that. Yeah. And there are many people that do, and some of it is cultural. And so there is the refinement in under, in like deciphering this is a cultural term or if it is a self-proclaimed term. If it is self-proclaimed, um, be wary. I agree yeah. with that. And one of the things That's I like, Alessandra and I are on the same path as far as from a spiritual perspective. And um, one of the things that's always resonated with me in that is that um, the there is actually a guru that's tied to this, but he passed away in 1952. Yes. And the person who created this organization based on his teachings always, and, and, the, and uh, the guru himself, Paramahansa Yogananda would say, um, if a teacher is keeps pointing you back to himself or herself to say, like, I have your answers, I have your answers, that's a big warning sign because you really need somebody who's who's being a channel and who keeps directing you back to source. So it's, you know, no, I'm not, even though we do call him a guru, but yes. but it was always, no, love God, love God, love God. As or whatever name you want to use for that, but to me, that's always been very important. And even the um, the Swami, who it ultimately became a Swami, but the person who created the organization that we uh, have found community in, um, he will not like he he separates himself from Yogananda, and he's like, I am not on his in in I am not an avatar. I am not you know I am a seeker and, you know, I can, I can give you advice, but go to Yogananda to go to the source, you know, that, so it keeps that redirection, you know, which mm -hmm. I think is really helped with the openness, you know, kind of helps to keep the heart open and, and keep the, the alignment. Yes. That is so beautifully said and so vitally important, um, uh, to, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, oh God. Sorry, my mind just my mind just oh, went blank for for a moment. Well, there was one more thing you talked about the word faith, which I love, and I heard somebody recently um, say because faith can be kind of tied to so many things these days, and some people yeah. are really uncomfortable with that word, but they said they prefer the word trust oh. in the place of faith, which I really thought, oh my goodness, that really sort of cracked something open in me. Where I was like, yes, that is so true. It is. There's this trust you're giving because it's not like, you know, in a lot of cases, you're finding your way. You're trying to follow a river that's a, an ever-changing river within you, and you're trying to follow your heart. This isn't, um, you know, we're not in a laboratory with, you know, a vacuum where we can test things out. We're having to put some trust out to say, okay, well, this is what resonates with me, and now... I'm going to live that way and kind of see how things land and test things out. But yes, yeah, it's, um, and there are, you know, belief is, beliefs keep you safe. Trust is 
you're, yeah, that river that you are. Right. right. Mm, I like that. Yeah. I like that. And, you know, there is um, in this practice, you know, the even the term divinity or God, uh, faith, these, anything can be trigger words, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And when I was um, some earlier in my, in my journey, I was kicked out of my church. And so I was very, uh, for years, I struggled with um, organized religion. I struggled with terms. I struggled with... Um, um, what it means to belong and what it means to be a seeker. I didn't, you know, and not knowing what other paths are out there. And um, so much of this of this journey in, in uh, asana and in meditation is refining that inner river within. And um, in that learning the gifts in the gunk that we have like all of these things that perhaps that have once brought us to our knees in these practices we recognize that they are the keys to our greatest strength they're the keys to our compassion and our empathy and um our ability to create boundaries in our lives um yeah that's so beautiful so um would you mind talking a little bit about that experience with the the religion that you you touched on i just yes. feel like if i was listening to this i'd be like Oh wow! Well, that's tell me about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, like um, th this community that I'm uh, fostering at Blooming Life really uh, has been inspired by my first experience at church. I was the only person in my family that um, that wanted to go to church um, at that you know where I I grew up. Um, I didn't know there were other religions out there either, mm -hmm. and so I had this very small confining community which definitely served me. But I also um, used the church as an experience to travel for the first time. And so I went on mission trips. And I, at, my, at first, I loved it because we, um, I experienced people in places that I didn't see. And it was, it was pure love. And it was, this, this was a non-denomination um, uh, non uh, Christian Church. Okay, like a Protestant yes. kind of. Okay, yes. and there was a change in leadership a few years in, and in that um, there was I forget the the sermon, but I remember very distinctly, very viscerally, this one um, phrase that our new minister gave, and he he was saying, "And those Buddhists." He spit the word out, um. and I didn't know necessarily what Buddhism meant. But I knew um, bigotry and hatred when I encountered it. And I was heartbroken and shocked, and I started to ask questions. And how old were you at this time? This time I was 16. Okay. And um, our church was going in a very different direction, and we I went on another mission trip, and it turned into looking at other um, cultures and different faiths. And this is where it turned very, um, very divisive, very against everything that I felt that any organized religion should be. It was very exclusive and... Um, and um, a lot of damnation and things like that. It just did not jive with me. And I started again to ask questions. And um, my mother is gay and my best friends were gay. And at, at 17, I moved out of my house and I moved in with these individuals. Wow. And um, when I would come to church, I've started to get more and more pushed away. And I started to ask more and more questions. Mm -hmm. And then once I, I went to church and they said, you know, you're going to lead children astray from God. You're no longer welcome here. 
And I was, um, at that point, I was um, newly 18. I was devastated because those were my friends. That was my family for years. Um, that must have been tough. It, it was. It, it shook me to my core. Oh, yeah, to have that kind of rejection. And from a place of spirit, you know, that's representing spirit. That's huge. Or supposed to. Exactly. Exactly. And to have, like, the, um, you know, this um, domineering male authority, you know. There were so many different things that that it hurt me. And then it, um, it, I... It is now the greatest gift. I'm so glad that I went through that experience because I got to um, understand my relationship with divinity, my relationship with myself. Mm. I would pull over on the side of the road sometimes just so agitated and fly open my car door open and walk out in a field and just curse God's name. How dare you? How could you have these people? Blah, 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 blah. I went through my own version of hell and mm. I lived to tell the tale with grace, I'm telling you a little bit more than that, you know, than than most. But it was it was so raw, and I think that it's important that we claim our anger and we claim like this is not right. Mm. It could be right for some people, mm. and that's okay because people need to go on their own journey. Yeah. But to um, refine what is jiving with my inner knowingness and. In that, there's a calling to understand more, and I found the more in um, in yoga and in meditation. Mm. And in that, That's the most um, intense healing and um, the embodiment of these energies where they no longer trigger me, mm. but I am in full embrace and appreciation because without these experiences, how could I have um, refined what community feels like, safety, it's safety and it's pushing people out of their comfort zones. It's a safe place to be as in, you know, in, in these, um, in these communities, in our yoga world, when we can find like our deep breath, that there's something in that experience for us. Oh, that gave me chills. <laughs> but it's so true that, I mean, you're, you're speaking about Maya, right? The, uh, the duality uh, that we have through life that the, 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 Indian, ancient Indian scriptures call that duality. Um, but, you know, without that hard, that those hard times and kind of hitting that bottom part, that's where that growth is. And it's so hard to appreciate that when you're going through it. Mm-hmm. But it's beautiful to be able to look back. And it's beautiful to be able to grow from that and not to have like calcified your heart against it to say like, well, religion doesn't work or, you know, spirituality doesn't work. There's no spirit. You know, it's yeah. Because that's a, another way to go. And that's the direction that, you know, I think a lot of people would have been led. There. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you mentioned the healing. You touched on that. Now, for me, that if I ever hear healing, it, it's always like a magnet for me. So I want to make sure that we do touch on this. Is, it, is this uh, from a linear perspective? Is it a, a good time to go in from your... Your journey is it a good time to talk about some of the healing experiences that you've had? Sure. So I know you've spent some time in like was it the Dakotas? Oh or? yeah, South Dakota. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so there's that piece, and then there's the Sioux Mortar, which we have not talked about on this podcast. So you'll, if you don't mind, giving kind of an overview of, of Dr. Sue. And, and any other, you know, I don't know if Peru or Costa Rica, do you have a Costa Rica connection or I'll, uh, I'll let you take it, but any of that is fascinating for me. So, um, actually I want to start, um, actually in India. 
Okay, yeah. yeah, it is um, from it, India is the mother of my transformative experiences because my first time there, it was so, it was like a different planet and everything in me was in rejection. And how old were you at this time? Like 32. (laughs) (laughs) So we're a long way from like, you've, you've left the church or you've been at, you've been removed from the church. This is a good, you know, 15 yes. years. Yeah. And I, and I've traveled like all through, you know, through Europe and, and, you know, um, you know, different areas like that. But India was the place that I was always calling. So, um, in that letting go, we talk about letting go. And I was like, I examined my beliefs and when I could, I was like hanging on to this, uh, proverb, like proverbial riverbank. Like mm-hmm. it has to be this way. It has to look this way. This is unacceptable. All of these different belief systems were pouring through my mind. And then it just was like, no. And belief can change in an instant. Mm-hmm. And um, I not only let go of the riverbank, I, I became the river. We've talked about the river so much in this podcast yeah, so far, right. which is something, you know, really beautiful to, you know, con- to contemplate. But um, so in that experience of embracing culture rather than um, pushing it away and finding myself in it and finding refinement and, um, you know, d- different parts of that that opened up my heart, I um, I did take my uh, my teachings to Costa Rica and also um, Peru and also in that have received many teachings. Um, and so, um, for example, um, like in, in Peru, I, my, a beautiful teacher and friend of mine, Jorge Luis Delgado, he is um, a spiritual um, leader in, in Peru and a shaman, comes from a long line of, um, of women in his family that are shamans. And he rejected it his entire life oh, until really? he also has an incredible story of just like becoming the river himself um, and, and being immersed in this uh, spirituality in some different manners and then realizing that he too is, um, is a conduit. And, um, and you, sorry to interrupt you, but you have a trip, you're, you're, um, leading a trip to Peru in the summer. Is that right? So you have a retreat coming up. So now that you've immersed yourself with Jorge, you're able to bring, to lead people. This is our third time going back to Peru. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and it is all led. It is, there is that feeling of, I have to come back. Mm -hmm. Nothing makes sense, you know, from financials to, um, time to energy, but it is a truth that I have to lean into. Uh And, um, I'm never disappointed when I follow my heart, not my head. (laughs) Um, yeah. And, um, and, uh, last year was my, um, first time being invited, uh, to Rosebud Reservation to participate in Sundance Festival. Um, it's a, it's not like, um, it is a very private, very, um, closed, um, ceremony that lasts for a week. And there's, um, some things that I'm not, um, able to, to share, Mm -hmm. but it was, um, very, very grounding because even as a small child, I, I have, uh, I've had the mantra of when I walk, walk softly, I'm stepping, um, in this, in the steps and on, um, even in like almost like the physical bodies, almost like the ashes of my brothers and sisters who came before me. So I was really in, in, embraced in the Lakota Sioux uh, um, family for no, this. No, was this Purdue? Per, Purdue, Peru? Or oh, I'm sorry. This was in Dakotas? in the Dakotas. Okay. okay. 
Okay, so this was in America, like in the West. In, yes, in the West, um, yeah. uh, being barefoot for you know seven days and um, you know no electricity it, and no no uh, cell phones. It was it was so grounding, mm-hmm. and it really reminded me of. Um, there is such beauty with technology, and there's also the balance that we need to have um, connecting back with nature. Absolutely. Oh, that's really beautiful. So do you want to talk a little bit about your work with Dr. Sue? Yeah, so Dr. Sue Mortar um, has been... Uh, right now, I'm calling her my teacher of teachers, and she is so embedded in my heart, I don't think that's going to change. Um, I have, again, as you know, like um, searched and um, explored so many different um, aspects of uh, the yoga tradition, um, and different teachers, different modalities, and here uh, is this one woman in the in my backyard. Isn't that funny? It's yeah. so amazingly and divine, and yeah, ironic, and <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. And so I my my work with her began six years ago, and um, she is she her Dr. Sue Mortar's work is based on Vedic. Uh, Vedic philosophies merged with her like um, scientific and um, background. She's also a chiropractor and um, her father, M.T. Mortar, created like um, the best bioenergetic synchronization technique. And so it is a um, deep scientific background merged with um, quantum physics and, um, you know, universal truths around the world. And it is about embodiment. Um, These uh, different, you know, of course, our our chakra centers and stuff. Whenever we have these feelings in our body, our body speaks our truth. And so when we feel um, either a void or butterflies or this friction of different experiences, it's an opportunity for, um, for me for us to um, pull ourselves out of the story, the um, uh, the object, and pull yourself back onto subject, where everything is done in favor to grow um, your own personal magnificence. It's like the universe loves me so much, it does things for me, not to me. You know, and that is a very, very um, tricky mm, faith. <laughs> I'm going to use that because that's my term, to live by. Because there are things that have brought me to my knees. There is deep grief that I am still processing. There are situations of like, uh, you know, rage or like, how can this happen on our planet? Oof, there's medicine in this for me because I'm making a story up in my head and things are conditioned, conditioned ways of uh, living, conditioned beliefs. And it is teasing apart um, our, our limited thinking into what is the larger picture here. Um, this, this concept, the universe does things for me, um, really pushes me out of my comfort zone again and again. And in that, I'm expanding the, um, the breadth of who I am and larger insights where um, things no longer have deep power over me. I get to stand in my alignment even when the world seems to be falling apart. Even um, things that have once brought me to my knees, I'm like, no, not anymore. Mm-hmm. Because we are creating, um, with different breath techniques that Dr. Sue Mortar teaches um, and different visualizations, we get to uh, refine what alignment feels like. And when I step out of my alignment, 
I can eat more easily, pull myself back in with the breath techniques um, and different meditation practices and all of these other tools that I've gained throughout the years. They merge together and like, and now here I am. Yeah. That's really beautiful. And doc, Dr. Mortar has just um, written a book yes. called The Energy Codes. And um, I have just, I, I'm still reading it, but I am very interested in it and um, and have found it very fascinating. So it's interesting to me, you're, you're six years in and I'm um, six days in maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it's interesting to me, the... Um, how you talk about she's she's merged these scientific worlds with the yogic world and the techniques are very um oh what's the word I'm looking for they're very accessible to somebody who doesn't have a yogic background I mean it's very like because she has that chiropractic is that chiropractic background um she is able to kind of uh, toe the line between both worlds because having like a very strong yogic leaning myself, yogic again meaning union as 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 opposed to the asanas, but um, I I can see this the thread. You know, I mean, I can see the teachings that I've learned mm -hmm. from you know the ancient masters mm -hmm. through through text and things. They're just very evident through her work, but it's very practical and it's very like, you know, put your arm like this and the other arm like this with your thumbs this way and your body like this and breathe in this way. And it's very, you know, broken down. And um, so it's really beautiful how she's been able to merge those two worlds. And you are you you teach her methods also. Right? Yeah, I do. We have an online um, yoga training program. Um, and most people that are in the program are either um, folks that have never done yoga before, um, but they're so curious to understand um, the why and the how behind certain topics. Um, we have a lot of folks that are um, yoga teachers that are just learning different, um, you know, different techniques to add to their toolbox. But yeah, the, the program's called um, Body Awake Yoga. Mm -hmm. And it's um, a, uh, it is a self-paced program, um, filled with, um, you know, we give you a big box of books. Um, my, my soon to be published, um, manual is in there as well. Mm -hmm. And, um, and also we have uh, about 18 hours of, um, online video content. So you, uh, you see us speaking to you and, you know, it, it's, it's very, uh, it's a very rich program for being an online program yeah. and I'm very proud of it. And I'm so honored that she asked me and, uh, you know, that was, um, that was a big, um, you know, step into trust mm -hmm. when my teacher, you know, asked me to do this, um, this, this program, you know, there, there was, um, the idea of who am I? Um, I don't know if I can do this. There was the business aspect of, I don't want my heart broken and I don't want to merge worlds with you. Yeah. And, um, mm. for these many years, she has not, um, she is so grounded in who she is. There is no stickiness. Mm. Um, it is, it's just pure and it comes, um, from us both from a very, pure place of what we, uh, what we are offering. Mm -hmm. And we're, um, 
it's so humbling to receive feedback. I and I get it on a daily basis of how it's changing, you know, people's lives. And um, even when I'm thinking like, oh, you know, I go, I I'm always analyzing my time and energy and like where I'm going with this. And um, even on like my darker days, I get I get beautiful messages of, okay, I know I'm on the right path. And I, I'm embracing all of my own emotions at the same time. And it is um, rooting me more and more into um, I'm here to serve. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Well, I'm a bit curious to know, because as I can hear, you have a lot going on in your life, teaching and you have the studio and also your book. You're going to have to tell us about this mm-hmm. as well. But is there time for your own practice? How does your own sadhana like? Do you mostly do yoga asanas? And I mean, teaching a class is not the same thing yeah. as practicing and going within. Where's the time and how does it look like in your own practice? You know, that's a, that's an excellent question. And there's a lot of ebb and flow. I have not mm-hmm. found like um, a well-oiled machine, so to speak, of like, oh, this is how I do it. <laughs> the, balance. the balance, yeah. Um, you know, my my practice, um, I, I'm all, I am, um, first off, I'm an, I'm a, I'm an introvert by nature. I am, I'm an extrovert so often in my public, you know, my public life. And, um, but my, um, my practice has right now, it looks like a moving meditation when I paint. It looks like, um, a very, very slow dog walk as I'm watching every aspect of my foot, how it hits, how it reaches the pavement. I'm as curious as the side of the bush as my dog is, you know, it is, um, I, when I can just be with my breath, even when I am moving to me, that is, um, I, I feel deeply connected. Um, and I am merging like my, um, my more traditional sit. Um, with my external movements, even when I just have enough time to to do the dishes, I am so appreciative that we have hot water. Mm-hmm. I'm so appreciative of the smell of the soap. I mean, so these these very basic things I'm infusing in my practice. But I am um, now making uh, larger boundaries with my technology. So I'm tr- trying to turn off my phone at like four o'clock. Um, I have moved my oh, wow. um, meditation space <laughs> into um, the center of my home. Um, so it is just infused. And so I, I light my, you know, I love the sensory. I love the candles. I love the incense. I love, you know, I love the ritual of it. Um, and so I, I just, it, it's a part of my my daily puja, so to speak, you know, is to is to sit and be. Um, my asana practice, it, it ebbs and flows. I am, um, you know, when in my teacher trainings, I... Am so uh, I'm breaking down these postures, and you know I'm I'm in I'm in the thick of it. But right now my asana is not as deep as my meditation practice, and um, and talking to other people, there are um, you know there is a rich dive, deep dive of asana at first. You know I called myself an asana junkie, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, I right now I've merged away from the need to be on my mat for hours every day. Um, when I approach my mat, it is a very different practice. It's very slow. Um, at times I do infuse it with like, of course, my meditation at the end or at the beginning. But um, 
even if it's like a 30 minute movement just to um, do my breath practices and the embodiment practices of body awake yoga, which is so deeply a part of me now, um, it, it looks different than it did five years ago. And it might, it will look different, you know, a few months from now and a few years from now. And so there are times where my self-critic comes up like, oh, you didn't do like, you know, your 75 minute today or your hour and a half or, you know, and now I can just like giggle and, you know, to like, well, today evolution. it is, it is evolution. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, I love what you're talking about with making your, you're bringing mindfulness into your everyday activities. And I know Alessandra's heard me say this recently, but I was on vacation um, last week and I was on a trip with my family and I have a really hard time finding the balance when I um, go on vacation because as you know, I have two kids. And so um, it's just, you know, your, your life is completely different when you're away, your routine is different and it's in meditation is a very personal thing, you know, where you're going inward, you're deliberately bringing your attention inward. And so it's kind of hard to do that while you're trying to share space with people. And, um, so I was reading that the energy codes, Dr. Mortar's book on my trip and, because she kept, she keeps coming back to the breath and the importance of moving the breath along what she calls the central channel, which in my tradition is um, the astral spine. It's the same thing. But of course, like my teachings were, they're very heavy on the breath and the importance of the breath and how the, the breath is our connection with the universe, with our higher self, with our highest potential. Um, but it's one of the first things that you learn and your learnings keep evolving as you're talking about and and you you're all, you can't focus on everything all the time so you know there are certain pieces of my practice that come into focus and i work on those more maybe i'm going through like a heart expansion more in a certain time and so that's really where my focus is and it's not that i'm not doing breathing exercises but i'm not as tuned in and um so I found while I was on this vacation, just even with my walking, feeling the breath rising and falling, not even doing, I mean, making sure that it goes into the diaphragm, you know, so do controlling it a little bit, mm-hmm. but just watching it flow and connecting and bringing my awareness internally became an important part of my sadhana because it was um, I wasn't able to always kind of get away and, and put the time toward my meditation that I do when I'm not on vacation. So it was really interesting, um, how it, you know, or, or moving meditation as you mentioned that too, but just taking those moments, even if it can only be a 30 second walk while you go and get a bottle of water. Um, but that's the time that you have to yourself and you bring that awareness inward. You watch the breath rising and falling and you bring that awareness. That's my breath. That's my connection. That represents that the higher self. Hello, you know, (laughs) and, and, um, so that was really beautiful and, and I can really sympathize and empathize with what you're saying because it is such a, we just have to adapt and, and yeah, we do. And yeah. you know, when when the practice, when the thing becomes the thing itself, the practice disappears. We we are we forget why we are there. Yes. Mm. Mm. 
And I think this relates also to what you said in the beginning when you came to this yoga class and you saw these people so connected because mm-hmm. you know yoga meditation is not about doing your asanas doing your meditation and then you're done yes. it's about we go and sit in meditation we go and do the asanas to connect with something in ourselves that is not you know judging others that are not trying to find faults in ourselves and others and instead we're trying to you know look toward the brighter side of life mm-hmm. look toward connecting and find union mm-hmm. with others and ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Y- yes. If we could always be in that practice. Mm. It, That's a challenge. It, it, it is. It is. It's a lifetime work. It, it certainly <laughs> is. I'm like, wow, that pulled me out. Or wow, that didn't. Or, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And to not feel mm. any um, any guilt over, over those times, mm-hmm. but to be like, and I will do better next time. That that deep awareness of where is my inner state here and now. Right. And Alessandra and I have talked about this in, a, in previous episodes, but um, as teachers, sometimes we feel, uh, or I guess I'll just speak for myself, but I know that it resonated with her too. Um, sometimes if I, if I have like a day where I'm teaching a couple of classes or I, I'm kind of my mind is going toward, okay, what do I want to bring to my next class or next week or whatever? I'm meditating, but I've got my teacher mind and I'm going, ooh, how do I communicate this? Or, okay, I want to go this direction and and how do I how do I bring this into it? And I'm missing the point. You know, I mean, I'm supposed, and I, I will have to say to myself, stop trying to teach right now. <laughs> Just practice, you know, this is, um, so what, um, I, I just have noticed sometimes I need to escape the teacher mind. And I can imagine with everything that you have going on, because you've got a lot of teaching going on, you've got the business to run, you've got the, the book coming out. So you have lots of facets in your life that light is shining onto where it can almost become a barrier. It's like, I want to bring this to other people, but sometimes it gets covered up <laughs> by that, you know, experience of trying to bring it yeah. to people. Yeah, like- Some of the, uh, yeah, I'm trying to turn um, my reality into my heart's reality. <laughs> and oh, yeah, it is, yeah. it is, it is, a, it can be difficult. And I w- I'm witnessing, like yesterday, I was in pure planning mm-hmm. and, you know, all of that teacher, you know, mind. And, and at the same time, there's like my heart, like, oh, and do this, do this, do this. Um, but yeah, it, it's a piece of it. And at that same time, if you can become the witness, witnessing the, um, the busy work, and um, and know that planning is super important, but you know all plans uh, could be thrown away at the same time, right. <laughs> and they will yeah. be. You know yeah. when 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 uh, push comes to shove, really when when you're standing or you're in that group of people. So I really appreciate that because you when our yoga and our leadership in the way that we can provide, you know, and I and I say that um, you know very loosely. Um, it is showing up 
That's the first thing is just showing up and being present Mm -hmm. and what else can unfold. Even if, you know, like yesterday I made all of these, like, you know, and five minutes from now we'll be doing this and five (laughs) minutes from now. Um, and I know in reality, like, um, it will unfold, it will flow Mm -hmm. and to know that, okay, I will be in the flow and I might not look at these plans at all, but that could be a part of the process of planning until it's not. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Which is our day-to-day life, right? We're always right. in the, the next. Yes, absolutely. Good. It is so interesting listening to you, Lily, and I would love to sit for hours and listening to your stories about India and all the, the searching, but we are kind of running out of time here. So, but we want to hear a little bit about your book. Oh, yeah. You have a book coming out. Yeah, yeah. You want to tell us? Thank you. It's... um. It's uh, turning into a, a textbook, and it's called um, The Story and Art of Yoga, Humanity's Quest for Nourishment. And I have been um, fortunate enough to be a guest in many different teacher training programs. And also, um, I am so hungry for the why and the how and um, you know the evolution of the yoga tradition and how to keep yoga, um, the tenets of it, strong and alive in our modern day world, because yoga is growing so rapidly in the West and it is becoming so asana focused. And again, it's a doorway, but I want to um, preserve the tradition in the way that I know it and that how I know it is always changing. Um, But I have created a manual for uh, yoga schools that makes um, these very esoteric concepts very relatable in people's everyday life. It's my uh, message of peace for, because, um, you know, this is a, uh, all faiths are welcome. And sometimes when we co- uh, come from a, like a religion or such, we look at different cultures and we say they are wrong or, you know, that, that triggers me, that is dangerous. And, um, my work here in, um, the story and art of yoga is to look at different concepts and to see how it is all the same. Um, different masks, perhaps, same concept. And um, mm. it's our, uh, yeah, it's my message of peace again. And it's our, how we are all so interconnected and there's no separation. That sounds like a very important word. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, and it is my, um, again, my my hope that it is used in different programs. Um, and uh, in, in there, there's different techniques of embodiment practices and mm. the history of yoga. And uh, it, it's just, it is a delight of my life. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of why me and Cara started this podcast as well. As you said, you know, we want to make it relatable to people because mm. I think people still like mm, yoga meditation. I think that's just for super spiritual people. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. You know, you can you just need to find your way to relate to it in your life. It can just be to ease anxiety or help you relieve from some kind of disease. You know, there's mm. so many ways you can benefit your life through yoga and meditation mm-hmm. and perhaps you find something more like with it and then whatever name we give that or how we explain it that's up to us mm, beautifully said yes and thank you so much for the work that you both are doing here yeah thank yeah thank you thank you for having you here thank you yeah thank you very much it's been an honor and a pleasure to hear your journey and um i hope we can have you on again and hear how things progress because there's there's so many irons in the fire right now. <laughs> it's all an evolution. So yes, it is. It's been an honor to be on this program with you. I look forward to a, a future conversation. Thank you. Thanks Thank you so much. 
I wish I could come and do yoga at your studio. <laughs> I know you would love it. One day. <laughs> yeah. I'll come and visit. <laughs> Good. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And please subscribe. And we look forward to the next meditation conversation. Bye.